Hello there, it's Ophira, and I want to let you know that Ask Me Another is hitting the road in 2016. We are going to be in San Francisco as part of Sketchfest on Thursday, January 21st, and at the Bob Carr Theater in Orlando, Florida, on Wednesday, March 30th. So come see your favorite hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia live. Snag your seat by going to amatickets.org. From NPR and WNYC, coming to you live from the Bell House in beautiful Brooklyn, New York, it's NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia, Ask Me Another. Here are your hosts, Jonathan Colton and Faith Saley. Hello, everybody. Thank you, Greg. Hi, Jonathan. How are you, Faith? I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me. We're very glad to have you here. I, I have to ask you, now that you have worked with us a little bit, um, how does this situation compare with the, uh, the the working situation over it? Wait, wait, don't tell me. I'm a lot nicer than Peter probably, right? Um, you have more hair on your face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. I would say that it's liberating not to need to know topical or even meaningful information here. Yeah. I think, I think yeah. the less important stuff you know, the better you do. Yeah, that's right. right. We, that we barely need to know anything to right? do this job. It's kind of fantastic. So we have eight lucky contestants here tonight to play our nerdy games. Only one will win our Ask Me Another prize, provided by our very important puzzler. You may know this cast member of Saturday Night Live as a Californian, or the 1860s newspaper critic Jebediah Atkinson, or even as Donald Trump. Live from the Bell House, it's Taryn Killam! <laughs> Taryn will be joining us later in the show. So let's get started with our first game. Here to play it are Steve Wiener and Kay Patton. Hello, guys. Hi. Steve, what is your favorite 90s catchphrase? Tubular. Tubular? Just tubular. And you used that? You wielded that catchphrase? Yeah, well, I worked for an industry that made tubes, so oh, oh, I was like, oh. well... <laughs> Okay, so like it, it works for you. Yeah. Uh, what is your favorite 90s catchphrase there, Kay? Cool beans. <laughs> cool beans. Nice. All righty then. Let's get crack a <laughs> Right? Oh, boy. You know what I was going to say if you didn't like that? I was going to say talk to the hand. Okay, this game is called, okay, okay, I'll show you. Were you one of those people who went around yelling, show me the money in the 90s? If so, please leave. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> this game will be right up your alley. We'll ask you questions with clues to words or phrases that start with the m sound, like money does. And you have to tell me what it is, only you have to answer in true Jerry Maguire fashion, please. <laughs> Jonathan, how about an example? Sure. So if I said, do you want to see this dead body that's had its organs removed and is wrapped in bandages? You'd say, show me the mummy. <laughs> All right. Yeah, don't groan. You people knew what you were getting into. <laughs> Ring in when you know the answer. The winner will move on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. Here we go. Do you want to see the hairstyle commonly described as business in the front, party in the back? Steve. Show me the mullet. Yes. Nice. <laughs> well said, you Steve. You went full Cuba. Yeah. Steve really likes mullets. All right. I had one 
Did you have a mullet? Have one. How'd it go? Rocked it. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I bet you did. Is there any other way to wear a mullet, my friend? <laughs> it was tubular. I, yeah. Won't you glance at the primate that typically has a long tail and lives in trees? Show me the monkey. Okay, you got it. <laughs> Won't you please gaze upon the flesh of a mature sheep, typically used as food? Okay. Show me the mutton. Yes, absolutely. Won't you glance at the pale, usually mild cheese with an orange rind? Okay. Show me the monster. Nice. <laughs> you sounded almost a little angry at the cheese. <laughs> Do you want to go see the British rock group that sounds like an American bluegrass band who had the hits I Will Wait and Babble? All right, let's, uh, I think we might need a hint. Why don't we go uh, to our puzzle guru, Greg Pliska? It's a three-word name, and uh, the second and third words are and sons. Oh. Oh. Okay. Show me the Mumford and Sons. That's right. Yeah. Won't you look at the aquatic rodent whose love was made popular by Captain and Tennille song? Hey. Show me the muskrat love. Nailed it. You looked excited when you said muskrat love. It's, it's, you gotta have the muskrat love. I have to confess, I cannot right now tell you what a muskrat looks like or what a muskrat does. I have, I have no familiarity with muskrats I'm, other than their love. Isn't a muskrat, like, doesn't it look like a, a very wet, thin beaver? Sans, sans teeth that stick out? Like, like a sort of a weasel? <laughs> yeah, 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 Oops, like that, A woodland right? weasel? This is your last clue. Do you want to stare deeply at Duncan's donut holes? Steve. Show me the munchkins. Yes, indeed, the munchkins. Good job. Why don't we go to our puzzle guru, Greg Pliska, to find out how our contestants did. Well, it was a close one, but Kay, you are a winner. You will be moving on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. Congratulations. It's time for another installment of that Ask Me Another classic, This, That, or the Other. Let's welcome our next two contestants, John Rosenberger and Elliot Shalom. Hi, guys. So I have a question for both of you. Think carefully. John, hmm? would you rather travel forward in time or backward in time? Backward in time. Why? Because I've just always been more fascinated with the past than what's coming up in the future. You're going to have to give up your iPhone. You understand that, right? Mm -hmm. But he'd look good in spats, I feel. Yeah. You do look like a spats kind of guy. <laughs> do you have spats? Not on me. <laughs> do you actually have spats at home? No. <laughs> do you know where you can get some? Yeah, probably my dad's house. Yeah. <laughs> because so your dad is from 1894? Yeah, well. He is 87 years old. Really? Yeah. Whoa! <laughs> Elliot, how about you? Would you rather travel forward in time or backward in time? Uh, also backward in time. 
Really? Yeah. Neither one of you is interested in the future. You monsters. Well, now, why, why would you rather go back into the past? I, I really like Back to the Future 1 better than 2. <laughs> and so maybe you go back to the past and fix the script for Back to the Future 2? Yeah, I think, that, I think that's what I would do, yeah. In this next game, we're going to give you a phrase, and all you have to do is tell us to which of three categories it belongs. Now, for this round, each clue is a profound saying, but the question is, is it an old Yiddish proverb? <laughs> an old Klingon proverb? Or a Bob Marley lyric? So, for each phrase, just tell us, were these the words of an old Eastern European language, a made-up Star Trek language, or a legendary Jamaican reggae singer? Ring in when you know the answer, but if you get it wrong your opponent can steal. The winner will move on to the final round at the end of the show. And remember, is it a Yiddish proverb, a Klingon proverb, or a Bob Marley lyric? <laughs> when a worm sits in horseradish, it thinks there's nothing sweeter. Yiddish. Yiddish proverb. Well done. Mazel tov. Thank you. Also, worms are not very smart. <laughs> That's really the meaning behind that, that proverb. Never make a politician grant you a favor. They will always want to control you forever. Elliot. Klingon? No, I'm sorry. It is not a Klingon proverb. John, do you want to take a guess there? Bob Marley lyric. That's right. It's a Bob Marley lyric. But I agree with you, Elliot. It's right on the edge. It could have gone either way. <laughs> Gentlemen, if you don't want to grow old, hang yourself when you're young. So true. <laughs> uh, John. Bob Marley. I'm afraid that's not right. I'll go Yiddish. Elliot, I'm going to plots. You got it. <laughs> Death is an experience best shared. John. Klingon. Yes, obviously <laughs> Klingon. Jonathan, I was wondering if you might be able to... To say that to us in Klingon. Uh, yes. My accent is a little rusty. Sure. But it goes like this. <laughs> was, that, was that accent pretty good, Faith? I know you, you, were, you were on Star Trek. I was so, on Deep Space Nine. So you spent some time with Klingons. I, you know, I wasn't with Klingons. I was a genetically enhanced mutant. Oh, so yeah, So right. I don't mean to brag. No. Um... <laughs> They did not have to put ridges in my forehead. You didn't have any special uh, head makeup? No, I didn't. No. I didn't. But it was, it was a good time, yeah. And I, for one, would like to go into the future. Yeah, right? Yeah. Because you get cool stuff. Spats. Nobody wants spats. All right, spats. guys. <laughs> to really succeed, you must enjoy eating poison. Elliot. Yiddish? I'm afraid that's oh. not right. Would you like to steal, John? Bob Marley? Guys. One more guess. <laughs> <laughs> it is too little, too late, Elliot. It is a Klingon proverb. I feel that the Klingon proverbs are really the the darkest, right? They're, they're all, pretty. It's very mordant. They're all pretty depressing. Yeah, they're all pretty depressing. <laughs> you can't empty the ocean with a spoon. John. Bob Marley. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't think this was going to be so hard, but it is very hard. <laughs> Elliot, do you know the answer? There's two possibilities. That's a Yiddish. It is absolutely a Yiddish proverb. That's right. The hotter the battle, 
the sweeter ja victory. <laughs> Elliot. Bob Marley lyric. Yeah. Bob Marley lyric. That was a bit of a gift, that, uh, that clue. <laughs> this is your last question. You cannot loosen a man's tongue with root beer. <laughs> Elliot. Klingon. <laughs> yes, it is a Klingon <laughs> proverb. Wow. You know, I know how to say great in Klingon. Maj. Maj, Elliot. Maj. Majeltov. <laughs> Greg Pliska, how did our contestants do? Well, that was a very close match, but Elliot, you have emerged as our winner and we'll be seeing you for the final round at the end of the show. Coming up, we'll play a music game that will stay with you all week long. I apologize in advance. So please stick around. I'm Jonathan Colton, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from HBO. Bill Maher returns for a new season of HBO's award-winning series Real Time with Bill Maher, right as the 2016 presidential race kicks into high gear. The new season premieres Friday, January 15th at 10 p.m., only on HBO. Hey, thanks so much for listening to Ask Me Another. You should check out NPR Music's Tiny Desk. Now, Tiny Desk isn't just an office desk. It's a stage for artists like Adele, John Legend, Sylvan Esso, Casey Musgraves, The National, and of course, T-Pain without the autotune. And if you are an undiscovered musician, you could play there too. All you have to do is submit a video to Tiny Desk Contest for a chance to launch your own path to stardom. So find out how to enter at npr.org slash tinydeskcontest. You're listening to Ask Me Another from NPR and WNYC. I'm Faith Saley. I'm here with Jonathan Colton and puzzle guru Greg Pliska. <laughs> Our next game is called Breakfast with Rom-Coms. And here to play it are Steph Maloney and Jennifer Patterson. <laughs> Hello, ladies. Hi. Hi. Jennifer, if you were in a romantic comedy... What would it be called? Dumb and Dumber. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Which one are you? Dumber? I don't know. (laughs) Steph, what would your romantic comedy be called? The Story of Us, colon, Nerds in Love. Oh, you put a subtitle in that. It's nerdy (laughs) and really sweet. All right, this is a music game, so Jonathan... I'm done talking. Yes, I will begin to talk. In this game, we are going to revisit one of the 90s greatest songs, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Uh. (laughs) Which, like all great 90s songs, was based on a romantic comedy from 1961. (laughs) Naturally, we have changed the song's lyrics to be about other rom-coms. Just ring in when you know what film we're talking about, and the winner will move on to the final round at the end of the show. Here we go. You'll say, this is one of the worst films ever. Can't believe these two stars were together. And Ben Affleck so lame. You'll say, 
It's not funny or exciting J-Lo's acting career is dying I can't pronounce its name <laughs> Steph Gili. Gili. You can pronounce its name, yes Pronounced with the commitment of someone who saw it I, I did, yeah <laughs> Hold, Really holds up <laughs> really holds up still as terrible really as it was when you saw it. Super bad. Yeah. yeah. Great. And I said, what about that one based on Jane Austen? You said the one with rich kids in high school. And as I recall, the girls were named Dion and Cher. And you said, wasn't that a young Paul Rudd? <laughs> Steph. Oh. <laughs> oh. Steph, I don't, I don't like seeing you struggle like this. You know I what don't. you could answer, Steph? You could just say, whatever. Whatever, but it's clueless, I think. Yes, that's right. Wow. I'm really relieved you got there, Steph, because you would have felt really bad if you didn't. I would have, yeah. Well done, well done. But you loved that really super old one Directed by Stanley Donan about the movie biz Lots of really fancy dancing Debbie Reynolds prancing Gene Kelly jumping around Steph Singing in the rain Yeah, absolutely Steph, you seem like a real moviegoer. I worked at a video store in the oh. past. And I didn't have a lot of friends. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I had a lot of friends. Just not a lot. <laughs> just a ton of time. So. <laughs> a lot of friends, ton of time. A lot of friends, ton of time. Yeah. And I said, what about the one with the crazy folks you said the one where De Niro's gambling as I recall we were both impressed by B. Coop and you said it was a good match for J-Law I just like that you said B. Coop I said B. Coop and J-Law oh Jennifer yes American Hustle no I'm sorry it's not American Hustle Steph Silver Linings Playbook that's correct <laughs> Jennifer, I can tell the crowd was really rooting for you on that one. I know. Oh, super good guess. Thanks, Steph. <laughs> See, they're friends. We're all still friends up here. <laughs> but your fave, it really made you weepy. And I thought it was creepy. An ensemble Christmas mess. This guy pined for married Kira Knightley. His confession was unsightly. He made her read huge cards. <laughs> Jennifer. Love Actually? Love Actually, you got it. All right. And excuse me, yeah. who thinks Love Actually is creepy? Yeah, the guy in the the guy singing the song. It's someone it not, with a heart two sizes too small. That could be. I just needed a word to rhyme with weepy. 
Greg Pliska, you seem to have an objection to Roger Love, Ebert called it a belly flop into the sea of romantic comedy. Ladies, how do you feel about Love Actually? Love it. Hated it. Hated it? Jennifer. Jennifer, if you... I weren't married. <laughs> I think you guys are part of the war on Christmas. That's what I think. This is your last clue, everybody. And I said, what about that one in the cat scales? You said, of course you remember the film. And as I recall, don't put baby in a corner. And you said, was her dad Jerry or Bach? Steph. Dirty dancing. Dirty dancing. That's right. I just have to ask if you... If you did spend any time trying to rhyme something with Orbach. No, no, there's no, there's no point. You don't need to rhyme anything with Jerry Orbach. It stands on its own. Everyone knows that. I think I know the answer uh, to this question, but let's, uh, for formality's sake, let's go to Greg Pliskin. Well, I think we have to add queen of the rom-coms to your list of uh, accolades. Congratulations, Stephanie. You'll be moving on to our final round at the end of the show. And Jennifer, we love you. game is called The Rights of Springfield, and here to play it are Dan O'Shaughnessy and Courtney Slack. Hello. <laughs> Dan, your parents work for Delta? Can I say which one it is? Then yeah, it's which Delta. Which Delta plane yeah, 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 it is? Yeah, yeah. Dan's right. parents only fly on a certain Delta jet. Mm-hmm, yeah. um, so you grew up, what, flying everywhere for I free? just thought it was normal that you flew everywhere when you needed to go places. Are you in like the Kajillion Mile or a club? No, I'm just in the get stuck in every possible city trying to get home club. (laughs) And Courtney, you have an interesting geographical tidbit. You live in Amityville? I do. On purpose? Yes, unfortunately. This is where the horror house is. Yes, I live down the block from it. Is it really haunted? No, I've never seen a ghost, green slime, or Ryan Reynolds when he was filming the movie. (laughs) You did, didn't even get to see Ryan Reynolds? No. Oh, that's a ripoff. Does someone live in that house, Courtney? They do. Wow. All right. Is there a state that either of you would really like to visit that you haven't yet? Courtney? Um, I've been thinking about it. I really want to go to Louisiana. I've never been to Nolens, and I really want to visit. I feel that you've been practicing the way to say... Nolens? Nolens. Yes. Most of us say New Orleans, New yeah. Orleans, Nolens. You're ready to go. You're, yeah. you're halfway there. You're drunk. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> um, Dan, your parents work for Delta. You've flown probably everywhere. Have you flown over some states? A lot. I think I'd like to go back to Minnesota. <laughs> I, why is don't, that? Don't applaud yet. <laughs> oh, Why? Well, I've only been once, and it was because we got stuck trying to go to Thailand on our honeymoon, and instead we ended up in Minneapolis in the winter. On your honeymoon? On our honeymoon. Well, it is, isn't that part of the Twin Cities? Did you conceive, at least? Mm. That's a great question, Faith. We just went to the Mall of America. (laughs) What's wrong with that? I don't know, it's a great question. Similar things. Minnesota nice? I don't know, you'd think something would happen. (laughs) You're certainly not going outside. That's a lot of time indoors. They have all those walkways over the streets, the heated walkways between mm-hmm. buildings. It's crazy. It's like some bizarre future Futuristic, city. yeah. We're into the future. You yeah, and we're I really into it. the future. I know we like it. Well, there are more than 35 places named Springfield in America. All of them, I'm sure, wonderful in their own unique and special way. But 
The most famous Springfield of all is, of course, the fictional one where the TV series The Simpsons is set. In this game, we imagine that the characters on The Simpsons decide to move to a real Springfield in the United States. You tell us which U.S. state we're talking about, and the winner will move on to our final round at the end of the show. Here we go. Lisa pursues her political ambitions by moving to the state where Springfield is the capital. Dan. Illinois. Excellent. You're a good geography student, huh? Mo packs up his pickled eggs and opens a sports bar in this state's Springfield, the birthplace of basketball and the oldest Springfield in America. Dan. Massachusetts. Massachusetts, you got it. Otto drives his school bus to this state's Springfield, known as the birthplace of Route 66, where he can enjoy a Yakov Smirnoff show in nearby Branson. Dan. Missouri. Crushed it. Yeah, have you been? Have you been I've to been, Branson? It's a, it's a weird place. No offense if you're from Branson. But it's y- you've been there? Yeah. Um, did you go to Branson on purpose? <laughs> I won't answer that. <laughs> It was his second honeymoon, everybody. (laughs) Stuck in Branson on my second honeymoon. It's a good country song. (laughs) Chef Luigi moves to this state's Springfield where he sources meat from an industrial butcher shop that was once a Ben and Jerry's ice cream plant. Courtney. Vermont. Vermont, that's right. Bart, once again, becomes a horse jockey and moves to a Springfield where he can live in the same state as Churchill Downs. Dan? Kentucky. You got it. It turns out that Maude Flanders faked her own death to start a new life in this state's Springfield, often mentioned in Little House on the Prairie as the town to which Charles Ingalls would frequently go for his business travels. I think we've already established this is a sordid place. It's a, it's a very sordid place. Charles Engels, business travels. <laughs> Just a regular business traveler. Pago this time, Mom. <laughs> What's he doing up there? Just travels. doing his business doing in his Springfield. Business. <laughs> uh, no. It's also where he went to listen to Prairie Home Companion. Yep. That's true. Dan. It's a state with uh, Lake Winnebago. <laughs> Can you be more specific? (laughs) Minnesota. Yes, Minnesota. Well done. Simpsons creator Matt Groening moves to the state where he was born, to a Springfield just east of Eugene. Dan. Oregon. That is correct. And he... Not Dan, but Matt Groening told uh, Smithsonian Magazine it is the one his fictional Springfield is named after. So all those states claiming to be the home of the Simpsons. Not actually. Y'all just sit down. It's Oregon. Yeah. That's, uh, I'm a little sad to know that the mystery is taken away. I like better when we didn't <laughs> We can know. edit it out, Jonathan. Don't yeah. worry. Well, now it's too late. Now I know. This is your last clue. Notorious criminal sideshow Bob gets transferred to Mike Durfee State Prison located in a Springfield where the number of prisoners exceeds the town's population. Also in the state, Mount Rushmore. (laughs) Dan. South Dakota. Yeah, you got it. Wait, there are more prisoners in 
that city than other non-prisoners? In all of South Dakota, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's crazy. Greg Pliska, how did our contestants do you in know, this game? I want to give a shout out to Courtney, who's up here thinking, so I get the geography game with the guy who's flown everywhere. Fine. <laughs> um, thank you, Courtney. And Dan, congratulations. You are moving on to our final round. No matter what Springfield you live in, you can be an Ask Me Another contestant. Go to amatickets.org, fill out our contestant quiz, and you too could be playing a Simpsons game that's not really about the Simpsons. Our next contestant is on the line. Hi, you're on Ask Me Another. Hey, this is Aaron White from Minneapolis. Aaron, a lot yes. of stuff happens in Minneapolis. I don't know. A lot does. Yeah. Uh, one of our contestants on the show spent his honeymoon there. What do you think of that? Is Minneapolis a sexy place? Um, well, I mean, depending on what time of year he was here, there could have been a lot of time to stay in the hotel room. Aaron, what is something you remind yourself of when you need to stay positive? You know, when you need to look on the bright side. Uh, you know, I had a choir director once who always said, in every situation, be cheerful or be flexible, and as often as possible, be both. I'm not always 100% at applying it, but it's been pretty good so far. Uh, all right, well, I'm, I'm glad that you have a positive attitude. I can hear it. You're Minnesota nice. I like it. The, this next <laughs> round is called Be Positive. In this game, we'll quiz you about words that exist in a negative form without a common positive partner, like the word inscrutable. There is no such word as scrutable, right? So I'll give you the positive form of a word, and you'll slap on the correct prefix and supply the original negative word. I know this is going against your grain, Aaron, but we're going to ask you to get negative, okay? Well, I don't think I can do it. Just be flexible, Aaron. <laughs> oh, I, Work see, with I me. see what you did there, Aaron. Nice. Yeah, yeah. nice. That's good. So, Aaron, if I said effable, you'd say ineffable. And if you get enough right... You will win a very limited edition made in China Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube. Are you ready? Perfect. All right, Aaron, here we go. Cessant. Incessant. Yes. Plussed. Nonplussed? Mm-hmm. Promptu. Impromptu. Crushing it. Gusting. Oh, disgusting. Yep. Sheveled. Disheveled? Delible. Indelible. Very good. Givings. Givings? Yep, oh, givings. misgivings? Yes. Nice, All I Aaron. was thinking was thanksgivings. You know? That's also a negative sort word. <laughs> Depending on your family. Ain. Inane? Oh, wow. Yes. Combobulated. Discombobulated. Aaron, excellent. This is your last one. Chalant. Nonchalant. Congratulations, Aaron! You win and ask me another Rubik's Cube. Awesome, thank you. Thank you. Coming up, we'll talk to our very important puzzler, Taryn Killam, about the art of the celebrity impression. Stay tuned. I'm Faith Saley, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. Just 
A quick shout out to one of our sponsors, Casper. They're an online retailer for mattresses, and Casper mattresses are American-made and obsessively engineered for comfort. They use two technologies, latex foam and memory foam, to give you just the right amount of sink and bounce, and they have a risk-free trial. You can try out your Casper mattress for 100 days with free delivery and returns. It's outrageous comfort at a polite price, so go to casper.com slash another to check out their options. And they have a special offer for listeners of this podcast. Just use the promo code ANOTHER to redeem $50 towards a Casper mattress that works for you. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, thanks so much for listening to Ask Me Another. And remember, if you're a musician or you know someone who is a musician, listen up. NPR Music is giving undiscovered artists the chance to play a tiny desk concert right in D.C. And any style of music goes. You just send a video of you playing an original song at a desk to enter. You heard right. You got to be playing it at a desk. Find more at npr.org slash contest. Welcome back to Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. I'm Jonathan Colton. Sitting in for Ophira Eisenberg this week is the inimitable Faith Saley. Now, please welcome our very important puzzler, the man who stood tan to tan with Donald Trump, looked him in the hair, and dared to do an impression of him, Taryn Killam! Thank you. Is this me? Is this that right? That is you. I just, I have a habit of walking towards the nearest free mic. Taryn. Yes. Everybody wants to know about Trump. Sure. You are charged on the show with being the Donald Trump. Yes. The cast Donald Trump. Yeah. Yes. Which generally involves lampooning someone. Sure. Caricaturing him. Yes. So what's it like when you are faced with the person you are Yeah, you you try not to like mimic them and study them as your mid conversation, but But you um, do. You do. You're you're trying to you're you're kind of analyzing, and and it's also you know I I did him for a brief moment in the monologue. It's the best sort of intro into an impression (laughs) because normally you're kind of you'll work on it during the week, and then and then whatever it sounds like on Saturday is kind of pulled out of thin air. But to hear it immediately speak before you. Is such a nice crutch because all you have to do is I'll, I'll just I'll just copy that sound. And what are what are the keys to Trump? How do you nail Trump? Uh, I mean, it, it's a lot of mouth. You know what I mean. <laughs> Your lips are mesmerizing when you're Donald Trump. There's oh, a lot of nice. entropy. There's a lot Thank of you. wasted movement, love? right? Um, yeah. Daryl Hammond, who, who did him on the show before me, it, it, that's one of my favorite things that he'd done, and, and he had such a great rhythm. And I would talk to him. I'd, I'd ask him for advice. He, he, was, he was very helpful. And he says, you know, find one physicality and one sound. The physicality is, you know, obviously hands. Whenever he's done talking, his body kind of sets. <laughs> <laughs> like he's very animated. He's very talking. And as soon as he's made his point, it goes into lockdown. Taryn is currently he looking like into, a turtle. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> He goes into like his phone charger, you know. And, and what's the touchstone sound for Donald Trump? I, for me, I would say probably for Daryl, it was like he said it was huge, you know, huge or millions, you know, those those liquid L's. Uh, but for me, it's China. 
can you share with us how he adapted to the process? I mean, there's a lot of cue card reading. Yes. He and Lauren have the same reading glass prescription, apparently, because we sat down to do the table read and he had, didn't have his reading, reading glasses. Um, so he and <laughs> Lauren was able to help him out. And every now and then he would, he would sort of blaze past punctuation, too. Um, <laughs> there's a great sketch we read at the table. It, it took place at Disney World. <laughs> And the last line of the sketch uh, was, told ya, turkey leg. <laughs> but he read it, told ya, turkey leg. <laughs> Which somehow made it so much funnier. <laughs> Is there an impression that you've been working on that you would love to get into the show? Uh, this is a work in progress, but I would love to do a talk show as uh, Werner Herzog. <laughs> yeah. Maybe like just, you know, some BET <laughs> hip hop talk show. Um, all right. Uh. And now you see we have with us the Drake, whose very popular hit Hotline Bling is blazing the airwaves. Yes. <laughs> it's a work in progress, but I'll get it there. We hear um, tales of, you know, all-night sessions at Saturday Night Live. and it's Sexual. Like, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. clearly. Um, I, I mean, Lorne Michaels is famous for, like, what, hearing pitches or having read-throughs at 1 o'clock in the morning or something? Is The late night is Tuesday night. It's writing night, so people will show up, and these, this is uh, sort of a general average, but around 2 or 3 in the afternoon and won't go home till about 5 or 6 a.m., now, many of our writers don't go home at all, so, that, so they'll show up in the afternoon, write all night long, sometimes into the morning, and then we start a table read the next day around three in the afternoon, three or okay, four. I have, so. I have a guess what's a, a weird question. Why sure. don't people um, show up in the morning and just go home at night? It's just not charming. <laughs> I mean, what has this done to your personal schedule? Could you go to bed at 10 p.m. at night if you wanted to? Absolutely. I, not to boo-hoo myself, but I am a father of two. So uh, my mornings are not my own. Um, so I, I would love to be asleep right now. <laughs> We're going to try to if keep you, you awake. Mid-game, if I pass out, you'll please forgive me. Um, that's what I'll remember. You know, years from now when I'm off the show, I'm not going to remember like, I got home at eight and had dinner. Um, I'll remember the stretch where there was one where I, I left my house at 11 a.m. on Thursday and didn't get back into my bed till 7 a.m. Saturday. Um, thanks. Well, yeah, applause. no, thanks. Yay. <laughs> um, not for work, just, uh, you know, <laughs> I was going through a, a difficult period. I think we all remember from college, it's the like yeah. late night when you, uh, it, that's when the weirdest, craziest things happen. And I think also it's hard to write for that show by yourself. I find that writing with people is necessary because if you have two or three people in a room and you're all laughing, that's a, that's a good bet that you're on to something. But also hearing laughter through the walls, hearing everybody in the hallways and, and, and shared misery seems to help, uh, help comedy. In 2011, you made a video where you danced to the Robin song, Call Your Girlfriend. How did that come together? Uh, that, so that was funny because like, that was something kind of done on a dare. Um, I didn't know who Robin was that week that she was kind of, I saw the name on the board, like you see, and I was like, who's Robin? And they played me the song and I was immediately hooked. I was like, oh, this is, this is a feel good song. Cause my favorite kind of music is happy angst, like yearning. 
so call your girlfriend, which is like dance out your feelings, but tell your girlfriend you're cheating on her with me. It's so conflicted, it's so complicated. That's my favorite kind of music. Um, and I started going around office to office playing the video uh, like as loud as I could for people and then just kind of doing the dance while they were trying to get work done. Um, and Sarah Schneider, who's a writer, I went and did it for her. She's like, you should just like shoot that in your office. And our writing offices are rinky-dink, so tiny. Uh, so I called down to wardrobe and knowing they're there, I'm like, do you have a pink fuzzy sweatshirt? And I like rallied everybody and we, yeah, we shot it that night at like four in the morning. Just for fun, just to sort of like uh, wipe the cobwebs away. And then it made everybody laugh and we thought about maybe putting it on the show, but I was still new and it was like a thing we shot just on a video camera. So I ended up putting it online. It, I get such nice feedback about that because I think people share my love for happy angst. That's life, man. <laughs> You created a comic book I series. did. I did. I created a comic book called The Illegitimates about the uh, bastard children of a James Bond-type super spy um, who come together. And thanks. Yeah, check it out. Check it, it out. It makes sense, good. right? Yeah, it was fun. I mean, he, 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 every movie he's left on a beach or in a hotel room with some... There's no way he was carrying a condom with him every time. You guys need to Google image the illegitimates. It's so yeah. great. It's this, it's this picture of these incredibly hot, almost naked women in heels, and they're all about, I don't know, they're deeply into their third trimester. Yeah, exactly, it's like, yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, you said about the illegitimates, it's creatively the thing you're most proud of. Absolutely. I came at it as a fan first, you know, uh, performing and, and, and writing TV movies was always something that I participated in, but comic books were always something that I just sort of admired and worshipped from afar. Um, so to sort of throw my hat into that ring and start from absolute scratch, from you know just words on the page to hiring an artist, an inker, a penciler, and, and, and seeing it come to life, it was just the whole process was, was a dream. Uh, now, Taryn Killam, the yes. most important question I have to ask you, are you ready to take and ask me another challenge. I am ready, yes, bring it on. Let's give it up for Taryn Killam! Taryn, we, we, we know that before you were a cast member on Saturday Night Live, you were a, a huge fan of the show. Yes. So we're going to find out just how much you know about the history of SNL. Ooh, okay, cool. All you have to do is identify some classic SNL quotes and catchphrases. The twist is we have pulled out our thesaurus and changed all of the words. <laughs> so let's go to Puzzle Guru Greg Pliska Feels for like an a cheat, example. But okay, sure. It's a cheat. It's a total cheat. It's designed to obfuscate the answer. <laughs> how, how does that go, Greg? Explain well, here's it how it goes, Taryn. If I were to say, oh, is that not unique? Sure, church lady. You'd say, well, isn't that it's special? special. Uh, okay, got it, got it, got it. Yeah, I yeah. answer with, with the with tag. The, with That's the right. catchphrase as it's supposed to be done. Yeah, and you'll get extra points if you answer in the voice of the character. Okay, okay. And if you get enough right, you and Marianella Leon Abar of Delray Beach, Florida, will both win Ask Me Another Rubik's Cubes. Okay, then there's a, a lot on the line. It's a pretty yes. big deal. <laughs> it's a yes. pretty big deal. It's huge. Okay, here we go. We are a pair of untamed and nutty fellows. We are two wild and crazy guys. Yeah, that's right. I'm a character created in 1955 by stop-motion animator Art Clokey, Dagnabbit. I'm Gumby, damn it. <laughs> yes. 
I was going to go Mr. Bill for a second. Stop motion. All right, here's the next clue. I'm a town in Montgomery County, Maryland, unlike yourself. Uh, uh, Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm Chevy Chase, and you're not. That's yeah. right, yeah. Mary Catherine Gallagher has a strange quirk when she's nervous. I put my digits in my axillas and inhale their odor. Sometimes. <laughs> when I get really nervous, I put my hands under my armpits, and then I smell them like this. <laughs> Just like that. Fun. This is like SNL Fantasy Camp. <laughs> that came that came right out this of you, too. Like, that was I, ready. You're gonna show footage of me at eight years old and you say, I'm sure. <laughs> My home is a small box-like vehicle in close proximity to a large stream of water. My name is Matthew Foley, and I live in a van down by the river. Yeah. I never want to stop playing this game. Yeah, I know. You're like a jukebox. It's yeah. like a jukebox. It's fantastic. Anna Gasteyer and Molly Shannon played NPR hosts. In this sketch where Alec Baldwin said, zero people refuse my dessert item named for a double entendre for the male anatomy. No one can resist my sweaty balls. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Very good. That's great. That was a better Alec than Alec. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you knew this was coming. You knew this was coming, okay, Taryn. Sure. I feel ill, and the only remedy is an instrument hung around a farm animal's neck to make it easier to locate. I got a fever, and the only prescription is more cowbell. Uh, thank you for falling for our trick to make you dance around like a performing <laughs> monkey. Yeah, 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 yeah. Congratulations, you and Marianella Leon Abar win Ask Me Another Rubik's nice. Cubes. Let's hear it for our very important puzzler, Taryn Killam. Thank you, guys. Thank so you, John. All right, now we're going to crown this week's grand champion. So let's bring back Kay and Elliot, Steph and Dan to play our Ask Me One More final round. This final round is called Famous Sons. Every answer is the name of a real or fictional person whose last name ends with the letters S-O-N. For example, if the clue was the singer known as the King of Pop, the answer would be Prince. No, I mean, the answer would be Michael Jackson, because his name ends with S-O-N. Now, we play this spelling bee style, so one wrong answer and you're out. You'll only have a few seconds to give us a correct answer, and the last person standing will be our Ask Me Another big winner. And for your prize, you're going to receive a Live from New York cue card used during a Saturday Night Live taping and signed by the entire cast of Saturday Night Live. 
So remember, every answer will be a name ending in the letters S-O-N. Okay, here we go. Kay, you're up first. Actor who delivers the iconic line, you can't handle the truth. Jack Nicholson. That's correct. <laughs> Elliot. This Hollywood actress reportedly does not enjoy being referred to by her nickname Scar Joe. Scarlett Johansson. That is correct. <laughs> Steph. Former heavyweight boxing champion who appears briefly in the film The Hangover demanding his tiger back. <laughs> got about three more seconds, Steph. Um, oh, I, I don't I'm sorry, your time is up. Dan, do you know who that is? Mike Tyson. That is correct, that's Mike Tyson. Steph, thank you so much for playing. Uh, we now have got uh, three folks left. Okay, Kay, you're back. He broke Major League Baseball's color barrier when he joined the Brooklyn Dodgers in 1947. Jackie Robinson. Correct. <laughs> Elliot, she achieved fame in the Harry Potter films before graduating from Brown University with a degree in English literature. Harry Potter is the wizard guy. Yeah, I don't know. Just a few more seconds, no? No. No? All right, Dan, do you know this one? Hermione's son? No, I'm sorry, that's incorrect. Kay, do you know who this is? Emma Watson. That is correct, Kay, and congratulations, you've won our game. Wow, yeah. Enjoy that cue card, Kay, well-deserved. That is our show. Thank you for playing. Please check out our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter at NPR Ask Me Another. And come see us live. Go to amatickets.org. Ask Me Another's puzzle guru is Greg Pliska. Hey, my name anagrams to Sparkle Gig. My co-host has been Faith Saley. Hail Fiesta! Our senior supervising producer is Art Chung. Additional puzzle writing by Matt Foster. Adam Markowitz, Mary Tobler, and senior writers Karen Lurie and Josiah Madigan. Ask Me Another is produced by Denny Shin, Lena Misitsis, Mike Katzif, Travis Larchuk, and our intern Julia Melfi, along with Anya Grundman. We're recorded by Bill Moss, Noriko Okabe, and David Hurtkin. Ask Me Another was created by Eric Newsom and Jesse Baker. We'd like to thank our home in Brooklyn, New York, The Bell House, Hot Keo Blues, and our production partner, WNYC. I'm Thou Jolta Cannon, Jonathan Colton, and this was Ask Me Another from NPR. On the next Ask Me Another, the creator of Mad Men talks about the end of his epic series, which brings up some complicated feelings. I don't know where to begin. With you or without you, I'm moving on. I think I've reached a point where it's time for me to have a new experience. Join me, Ophira Eisenberg, along with Matthew Weiner on NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia.